Well, good morning, Capital Land Church. This is Pastor Jared here. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today online. If you're watching this right now, it means that you're not at our outside service, our church picnic that we're having right now, which is a bummer. However, we were are so, we are so glad that you guys decided to join us for our online experience. And if you are watching and you are outside at the picnic, turn your phone off because I'm probably preaching. But uh, no, it is such an honor to be here today. It's such an honor for you guys, for for us here at Capitol, and for you guys to join us. And we are so appreciative. There are so many churches meeting across our our great city that are meeting and across our great state and it, is, it just means a lot to us here at Capital Land that you decided to join us here online today. And today's a, a message that I'm really excited to preach, one that I've already preached before, but I did a little spin on it. This message that I'm about to preach to you means so much to me because this is the very first message I've I ever preached here at Capital Land. This is message number one. When I was thinking about what to preach on this weekend, because I knew it was a special weekend, I knew we were going to be outside, and we were going to have some guests, we were going to have some some folks join us that probably haven't joined us in a while due to you know last year and the COVID and all that stuff, so I knew I wanted it to be special. So as I began praying for Jesus to, to teach me and to tell me what to preach on, I was just going to keep going in our series, Summer on the Mount, but I, I heard strictly from Jesus that this was what I am supposed to preach on today. And we were actually just gonna pull an archive for you guys to watch today online. We were gonna pull a message from our Jonah series that we gave last summer and give to you guys that are online. But I felt so strongly that uh, this was the message that God wanted me to preach today to you and to everybody at the picnic. And um, like I said, this was the very first message I ever preached here at Capital Land Church three years ago. This, just July, a couple weeks ago, was my three-year anniversary here at this church, and I, I absolutely love our church. And so the title of my message today is Let's Take Action. Let's Take Action. I am so excited to, to get into our, our sermon today. So what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about that we serve an action-filled God. We serve a let's take action sort of God. And we see this in this in this story here that I'm going to teach today. It says this, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. That's really important. They told him Jesus is passing by. He called out, the blind beggar, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So he shouts once. And those in the crowd, those following Jesus said, hey, be quiet. Don't bother the Messiah. Don't bother Jesus. And he says, no, I, I, I have a need. I, I have something I have to do. I have a need that I need fulfilled in my life. Jesus says, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you. 
Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. We serve a take action sort of God. We serve a God that doesn't want us to just expect him to do miracles. We serve a God that wants to see some action in our lives. A few years ago, actually it was a lot more than a few, uh, nine years ago on our one year wedding anniversary, we were in Chicago and we were walking down uh, the streets of Chicago and we passed by this subway and the Lord just said, hey, remember this subway. I was like, remember this subway? Why do I got to remember this subway? I mean, I love subway, right? I, I mean, who doesn't love subway? I mean, I'm, probably a lot of people, but uh, I was just passing by it and he said, hey, remember this subway? I was like, okay, whatever. And so we keep walking, right? It's our first wedding anniversary. So Melissa and I are keep walking and keep walking. And all of a sudden I get tugged on, on my shirt. I was walking and you know, downtown Chicago, there's millions of people there. Uh, and I get this tongue on my shirt and I turn around and it's this man, a homeless man. And he said, hey, I, I'm sorry to bother you, but I, I, I'm so hungry. I just needed to tell somebody uh, that I am hungry. He's like, do you have any food on you? I don't need money. I'm, I'm just so hungry. And so I was able to pray for him. And I said, hey, man, I would love to pray for you. And do you know Jesus? And so I was able to preach to him. And um, he just said, hey, I, 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 I love that you want to talk to me about Jesus. But can, we, can you give me some food first before you talk about Jesus to me? And all of a sudden, that subway that I had passed by a few minutes earlier popped into my mind. I didn't have any food on me. We were actually walking to dinner. And I said, hey, man, if you wait right here, my wife and I, we will go back to subway. And we will buy you a sub, whatever you want. And so he's like, can I just come with you? And I said, absolutely, sure. So we just, he just walked with us. And we were able to bless this man with some food. And uh, we gave him some money to give himself some more uh, food to the, the following day. But had he not reached out, had he not stopped me and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm hungry. We wouldn't have been able to fill that need. He took action because there was something inside of him that he needed and he's like, hey, look, a sign, me just standing there holding a sign is not going to do the trick. I need to tell somebody that I am hungry. And because he did that, he got fed. His need, his need got met. We serve a take action sword of God. We serve a God that says, hey, look, I'm interested in you. I love you, but I want you have some action in your life. I want you to reach out for me. I want you to beg for me. I want to know your needs. I want to know what you want. And it's going to take some steps. It's going to take some action on your part to get what you want. It's kind of like uh, the modern day bathroom, right? You walk into a modern day bathroom and a public restroom and guess what? You walk in, boom, the lights come on, right? You don't even have to flip, flip a light switch. You walk in, it's dark, but you just, boom, the lights come on. And then you go to the bathroom, right? And it flushes automatically. And then you get out of the bathroom and you go to wash your hands and you put your hands under there and boom, water comes out. 
And then you gotta dry your hands. So you go over to the glorified leaf blower on the, on the wall and you put your hands under there and boom, there's air drying your hands. But none of those things, the flush on the toilet, the air under the air dryer, the, the lights coming on, none of those things happen without action. We serve a take action sort of God. Are you doing your part? Are you putting your hands under the water, so to speak, when it comes to your relationship with God? Are you taking action with God? James chapter 1, verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed and all they do. James is saying, hey, look, don't just go to church. Don't just read your word and think that that's enough. Do what the word says. Do what it says. And then if you do that, you won't forget about what the word says. You won't forget about what Jesus thinks about you. You won't forget about what Jesus says about you. You will be blessed in all you do. However, there are seasons in our lives that we don't take action. For some of us, we've never taken action with our relationship with God. And I think there's a couple reasons why. And the first one is our butts are in the way. Our butts are in the way. Now, not our physical butts, right? Our butts. I'd love to do more of what the word says, but I don't have time. I'd love to do more of what Jesus wants me to do, but I am too young or I am too old. We have these buts in our lives. that They're just glorified excuses, right? They're, they're, they're nonsense. They don't mean anything when it comes to our relationship with God, right? Especially the part that says I'm too young or I'm too old. Look, Sarah was 100 years old. And still took action because she believed that Jesus would give her a son. She believed that God would intervene and give her a son or a daughter. And she took action. If you know what I mean. Timothy and the disciples, they were young. They were teenagers. They were in their, young, their, mid, their younger 20s. They were young. And they didn't think about, I'm too young Let's say, I have a calling. I have stuff to do. The word Jesus wants me to do stuff. I got to get going. I got to do something. I have to take action. But we have these buts in our lives. Another one is I'd love to do more of the word and what Jesus wants me to do. But I'm too guilty of what I've done in the past. My past is too, too big. My, my mistakes are too large. 
My, my testimony is too messed up and screwed up. Jesus can't trust me to fulfill the calling of God in my life. Jesus can't trust me to, to speak on his behalf and to help out a local church or to give to missions. Jesus can't. I'm too messed up. I have a too big of a past. The problem with that is you're stuck in reverse. And if you're stuck in reverse, it's not going to allow you to move forward. If you're stuck dealing with your past, if you're stuck in the past, you're going to have a hard time moving forward. We need to get our butts out of the way. Jesus is not looking for us to be perfect. Jesus is not looking for us to make excuses. Jesus is looking for us to take some action and get moving. Jesus is asking us to be faithful for what we have and the life we have and the life we're willing or that we the life he has given us and for us to be obedient church to be faithful and obedient. Stop trying to to become the most equipped and then you'll start taking action. No. Now is the time church that we need to start taking some action. I, I really felt as I was preparing this again that the Spirit of the Lord told me this this week in my study. I, I really truly feel like he said this to me. He says, I have so much. This is Jesus telling me to, and I wrote this down. I have so much compassion on the people all around you that I want Capital Land to rise up and be the church that is set apart. Our church can change this hurting and lost city. Now, oh, come on, if Jesus has hope for us, church, then we need to take some action. We need to get to work. We need to take the action part of what Jesus taught us in this story seriously. And I got three action steps that I've taken, that I've taken from this story specifically that will help us get ready to take some action that will help us take action we need to move our butts out of the way and replace it with taking action seriously here's number one take action with god's vision for your personal life take action with god's personal vision for your life god wanted this man to be healed he wanted him to be healed, but he wanted him to ask. He wanted him to beg. He wanted to see that faithful obedience in our lives. He wanted to see where his faith lied. And he passed the test because he heard Jesus was coming by and he screamed. And they told him to be quiet and he screamed all the more. We need to have more moments like that with God in our lives. If we have moments like that with God in our lives, our, our butts will be shoved aside. Our excuses will be wiped away because we are taking God's vision for our personal life seriously. Reach out and spend an ounce more time than usual with God this week. Just an ounce more, just a little bit more, and you're going to see a big difference. If you don't spend time with God, give him one minute of your day, and you will see a gigantic difference. 
If you spend a couple hours with God, spend maybe 20 more minutes with God, maybe cut one more episode out of your Netflix routine, or maybe not watch the news one night. Instead, pray for a city, and you will see a gigantic difference in your walk with Jesus. If you read one chapter of Scripture away uh, a day, make it two, and you will see a gigantic difference in your life. The more we know God on a personal level, the more we will understand his heart and vision for our lives. He has thoughts about you and he loves you and he does not think about you the way that you think he does. He's madly and passionately in love with you. He was madly and passionately in love with this man. And he was so thankful that he reached out because he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. We see the faithfulness. We see the obedience. We see the action. Now let's do it. He wants us to take action with, our, with his vision for our personal life. Number two, take action with God's vision for his church seriously. Take action with God's vision for his local church seriously. I feel like the full court press is on for me, church. I feel like I am gonna hit a new level when it comes to this local church right here. I feel like the time to move, the time to go is right now. We need to, and we all of us, you watching online and those that are listening to me preach right now, we need to create a church that lost and found people love to attend. We need to create a church that lost and found people love to attend. And the formula is right in this story. The formula for creating a church that lost and found people love to attend is in this story. Step number one for creating this, the church that lost and found people love to attend. Step number one is invite. Invite. Jesus said, bring that man to me. I want to see him. I want to talk to him. I want to heal him. I want to see his heart. Bring that man to me. Jesus invited him. We need to invite people to church. We need to, to step out of our comfort zone. We need to go to our coworkers. We need to go to our neighbors. We need to go to our family members and invite them. Because I know that you were once invited to church. Somebody invited you to attend a church. Even if it was your parents dragging you to church at a young age, somebody invited you to attend a local church and that's how you found this church that you are watching here today. Somebody invited you. The first step of creating a church that lost and found people love to attend is we have to invite. Number two is we have to give. We have to give. Jesus gave this man his time and his resource of healing. He gave this man his time. He was like, hey, what do you need? Well, tell me about it. Tell me about what you need. Tell me what's your issue. And he gave him his time. He listened. And he gave him his resource of healing. Now, step one might have intimidated some of the, the introverts, right? Like, I, I'm not really much of a go-out type of guy and invite. 
or I'm not really a much of a go knock on your door or go talk to my neighbors type of gal. I'm just, it's not me. But I have resources. I have gifts that I would love to give to the church. That's how you can play your part in creating a church that lost and found people love to attend. It's giving your time and your resources. I challenge you, church, to start giving of your tithe. Some of you might not be giving your full 10% tithe. I challenge you, church, if you will take that seriously and begin to tithe your 10% to this local church, we will see Capital Land grow into all that God wants it to be. We will continue to grow. We will continue to resource people and things and projects that we that will be able to help us create a church that lost and found people love to attend. We'll be able to give more to missions. We'll be able to give more to local area ministries here to help grow and feed this the city that God loves. If you're not about inviting people, be about giving your talents, your time, joining a serve team, joining uh, the band, joining the kids ministry team, doing your part, giving your 10%, giving more than your 10%, giving maybe 7%, just giving more. And when we do that church, we will continue to create a church that lost and found people love to attend. And when we do those first two things, of the formula, we get this. Number three, we will grow. We will grow. Following this formula will grow not only our church, but also our personal walk with God. It will grow our faith. The church full of people like you and me, Finding hope in the name of Jesus. Can't you just see it, church? Can't you just see our Sunday morning so packed that we got to continuously add chairs and then down the road maybe add a service? Can't you just see so many young kids going to church so excited to hear about Jesus? Can't you just see it, church? that a youth group begins to meet on Wednesday nights and we're helping these high schoolers, these teenagers fall in love with the, the word of God and fall in love with Jesus. Can't you just see it, church? A church that is growing, a church that is vibrant, a church that lost and found people love to attend. This man's faith grew because of the formula Jesus said, hey, you need to take action. You need to take action. And when you take action, healthy things grow. Your faith will grow. Church, let's take action. So many of us are not experiencing move of God, a move of God in our life, because we're not following the formula. The formula that Jesus lays out for us plainly in his word. In his word. He's like, hey, Reach out to me, talk to me, and love my bride, which is the local church. Church, I cannot wait for what God is, is doing in your, to hear what God is doing in your heart and your spirit right now, because I cannot wait to see all of us so excited about what Jesus is going to do in this local church. Let's take 
action. And let's be ready to see a move of God like we've never seen before in our own lives and in our local church. Let me take a moment and let me pray with you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for this message. We thank you so much for what you're going to do in our church and in our lives. Father, I believe faith is growing like never before. You are telling people, you are giving instructions to people of what their next step is. If that's getting involved, if that's leading a life group, if that's starting to give more and above our tithes and our offerings, you are starting to minister to people and we are going to reap a harvest. But we gotta take action first. We gotta step out. We gotta cry out. We gotta beg for you. And Lord, when we do that, the best is yet to come. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I cannot wait to see you guys. Drop us a DM, call us, email us. Let's hear what God is doing in your life and what he is speaking to you about right now. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. If you guys came ready to give, you guys can give on, on our website, www.capitalland.com backslash giving. We can't wait to see you guys next week as we continue our series, Summer on the Mount. Also, if you're new and you've never joined our Capital Land membership class, we will be having that next Sunday after church. Lunch and child care will be provided. Have a great week and we'll see you guys next week.